Lovers, it's this season of giving, and you've probably spent so much time thinking about the other people in your life that now it's time for me to give you something. You may have heard on the show that F the Fairy Tale, my new book, which comes out in January, is now available for pre-order. But here's the giving part. We're also doing a giveaway. And when I tell you this is a sweet giveaway. My publisher, Seal Press and Hachette, is saying that it's the biggest giveaway they have ever done. Just for pre-ordering F the Fairy Tale, which is a book I know you're going to get anyway, and I know you want to read, and I know it's going to help you find love in 2024, just for getting the book, you can be entered for a chance to win two VIP tickets, floor seats, to The Drew Barrymore Show. Yes, in New York City. And that's not all. You could also get a $500 travel voucher to get yourself to New York City from wherever you're listening right now. And you could get a $500 shopping spree with Democracy Clothing. Plus, that's just the grand prize. Over 30 of you will also win three months free of OkCupid premium membership and get all of those additional bells and whistles and features that will help get you on track for love. And all of this is just for my homies, the folks that are early actors, the folks that know that they want to get F the fairy tale and they want to also get something additional in return. All you have to do is go to DemonaHoffman.com slash giveaway. Again, that's DemonaHoffman.com slash giveaway. And you can read more about the prizes, the rules, how to enter and get yourself hooked up to get F the fairy tale in the new year. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? Jealousy can be quite constructive and passionate and actually adds to your sex life. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've watched me on NBC's Access Daily, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Dates and Mates. We're beginning to wrap up 2023, and as we head into the holiday season, I think it's safe to say we are all experiencing a collective time of big emotions. There's like some astrological stuff that's happening too. But that aside, you may be dealing with loved ones who are meeting your significant other for the first time. You may be dealing with them asking you why you're still single. I hate that stuff. That's still, we got to do away with that. Maybe you even yourself are wondering what you want in a relationship. You're reflecting on the year that you've had and you're looking forward thinking, do I want to take a pause and come back fresh in the new year? Do I want to take this time that maybe I have away from work and put that investment into dating? Whatever you're going through right now, I, I think it's safe to say that emotions are running high right now. And that is why I have sex and relationship coach, Dr. Tara of Love Bites on Dates and Mates today. She'll be sharing her secrets about conflict resolution and empathetic listening. She's a woman after my own heart. And she also will be revealing a pretty provocative response to the question, is jealousy good or bad in a relationship? And she'll share what she's learned as a tenured professor of sexual and relational communication and all of the trends she expects to see in 2024 with me in just a moment. But first, 
we have the dating dish of the week. And ooh, it's a hot one. Miss Manners is out, but the Washington Post is in. And we have the new dating app etiquette to share with you. Then in Dear Demona, I'll address the question, how do I get my boyfriend to be honest with me? All right, grab a seat at the table, get your turkey leftovers, and get comfortable because it's time to dish. These dating dish. If you still have turkey leftovers, y'all seriously deal with them. But no, <laughs> what we really need to deal with is this new dating app etiquette. I spoke to the Washington Post to try to put somewhat of a framework around how we use dating apps today and present what I saw as the best practices for dating app matching, communication, and just overall use of the tool in the current dating landscape. So they quoted my what they called Hippocratic tip. The first rule is first do no harm, do no harm. And I'm so excited to talk to Dr. Tara later about empathy. Y'all know that I'm really into empathetic dating and you'll be hearing, there's a lot of that in my book, F the Fairy Tale, that you'll be hearing about ad nauseum. But until then, I'll just give you a little sprinkle, a little taste. You have to come from the perspective of I'm going to leave the dating app better than I found it. And I know if you're sitting there being like, Demona, dating apps are trash, that that might be a hard concept for you to wrap your head around. But I really need everybody in 2024 to get behind this concept because the more that we clean up our side of the street, the more that we can lift everybody else in the neighborhood up. You know what I'm saying? So first, do no harm. Next, keep profiles light and fun. It's like your resume. So you're not going to put the worst case scenario in your cover letter and talk about all the things that went wrong at your previous job. No, you're just going to talk about your KPIs. <laughs> you're going to talk about your goals. You're going to talk about how much you brought to the table, right? And how much you have to offer to this next opportunity. It's the same with your dating profile. So so I say think of dropping breadcrumbs that somebody can follow. And then don't think about the end of that fairy tale and what happens and the witch, you know, getting pushed in the oven and all of that. <laughs> okay. Send a real message. Y'all, I'm just tired of the endless swipe and just like, yeah, I like that. I like that. Cute. I really want to encourage engagement. And don't think this is the other person's responsibility. Again, we take responsibility for the experience that we want to have. So curiosity is your superpower. Don't lead with something sexual, of course, and really try to dive right into one of those threads that somebody has left in their profile to get a level deeper. You've got to create momentum. Aren't we all just done with this this endless texting trap of sending messages back and forth that never end up materializing into a date. So you create that momentum for yourself. You put the clock on it one week, y'all. I've said this before on the podcast, but you get one week from the time you match to the time that you have that first date interaction, whether it's a phone call, a video chat, or an in-person date. One week, because otherwise you'll be stuck in the texting trap forever. You want to be honest and straightforward about what you're looking for. None of this like, well, I don't want to say because I might scare them off. If what you want from a relationship is frightening to the other person, that's probably 
not your person. There's so many other tips. And they also interviewed my friend Erica Etten, who was on the show a few weeks ago. If you haven't heard that episode, by the way, go back and listen because we do a deep dive on dating apps. But the number one thing, the number one piece of etiquette that I hope people will read and abide by is not to ghost. And don't just make the excuse, well, everybody else is doing it and it's just easier. No, we're not going to be doing the ghosting. And then I think when we have better communication with the people that we're matching with online and we're not ending up in the texting trap, we're not being ambiguous about our goals and our messages, we actually can move with that momentum more quickly to the connections that we all are truly craving. You can check out the article. We'll link to it in the show notes. There's so much more dating app etiquette that I want to make sure you know before 2024. But if you just follow the few guidelines I just gave you right now, that will already put you ahead of the pack. All right, before we go to break, I got to tell you about something super exciting that is happening this Thursday. I'm throwing a party. Well, it's kind of like a party. It's more of like, yeah, a virtual cocktail party where I have invited my friends in the dating industry, the top authors, dating experts, matchmakers, people that have waiting lists of years to get into their offices. I invited them all to come and sit at the table in a forum with me to talk about the current state of the date. We will be doing panels inspired by my new book, F the Fairy Tale, that deconstruct all of these dating myths that we have taken on from our prior relationships, from our families, from stories and rom-coms and fairy tales that we've read, we're putting all of those myths aside and we're giving you the pillars to be able to move forward into the relationship that you dream of. It will be useful whether you're in a relationship or whether you're dating. And we have six different panels happening live, like literally live. I'm going to be sitting there with Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote Calling in the One, with Ariel Ford, who wrote Wabi Sabi Love and has been an author and an expert in the space for like two decades. My friend Carol Allen, who is the premier love astrologer. It's it's an unbelievable lineup, but the evening would not be complete without you because we will be there live answering your questions, engaging with you, and walking hand in hand with you into the new year, into that new love that I know you want and that you deserve. So you can sign up for free at demonahoffman.com slash forum. Don't worry if you can't come to all of the panels. We'll be live for three hours. We're doing six different panels. You can stick around and hang out with us for the whole evening, or you can come and go or watch some of them later in the recording. But do sign up because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is one night only where these people are coming together in panels that they will never speak on again. They've never been together before and they may never be seen in this format ever again. So don't miss your opportunity to join us at demonahoffman.com slash forum. All right. Things are going to get a little spicier. When I come back, I have Dr. Tara of the Love Bites podcast is here to give us a window into the current trends and beliefs around dating from the youngest generation of daters and how that information can be applied to help you in your communication and connections. Stick around. Welcome back. 
Dr. Tara is here with me, and she is an award-winning sex researcher, TEDx speaker, and she's the host of the Love Bites by Dr. Tara podcast. She is also a tenured professor of sexual and relational communication at Cal State Fullerton, and she's the author of the book, Sexual Communication, Research in Action. She recently made her TV debut as the host and resident sex expert of the popular British dating show, Celebs Go Dating, and her sexpertise has been featured in top-tier media outlets, including Cosmo, Women's Health, Insider, Elite Daily, Well and Good, Bustle, Refinery29, and Pop Sugar. Now, Dr. Tara is a sexpert, so she does talk about steamy topics on Love Bites. We're going to keep it pretty clean today, but you've been forewarned. So please help me give big, juicy smooches to Dr. Tara. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here because, girl, I've been following you on Instagram. You you have the best post. First of all, also, it just looks like you have the most fabulous life. <laughs> <laughs> I have fun. It looks like you have fun and you have so much to say. And I know you gave sex advice and so much great content about dating. But then I, then when you were going to be on the show, I was like, wait, what? She's a tenured professor as well. And you teach a class on, on relational communication and sex. You have an, uh, you have a book, sexual communication, research and action. I, I, I'm just, mind is blown right now. (laughs) And you're like, and you're so like, youthful and vivacious. And I'm like, how did you have time to do all these things? First of all, the honest answer is I love work. (laughs) And you know, that cheesy, cheesy saying when people say, when you love what you do, you never work a day of your life. It's kind of true. It's kind of true for me. You know, there are low moments where, you know, if I have to, uh, if I have to grade a hundred papers, <laughs> not my favorite task. But other than that, you know, teaching and then doing content and then te- and then helping people in sessions, all those things I absolutely love. So to me, that productivity is super high because I just love what I do. Plus, you know, I have daily orgasms and that helps. <laughs> I know. I've heard I've heard love bites. I've heard you talk about you, the orgasm rate and the multiple orgasms, all that. But today we're going to keep it a little clean and the folks can go and listen to love bites when they're ready to spice things up. But I, I'm really interested in trends. And I know you, yeah. as a researcher, you study trends as well. I'm just curious, first of all, as, as a professor, you're talking to the next generation, Dr. Tara. What are the questions that are coming up among your students right now? Ooh, that's such a good question. Uh, Okay. The first one that came to my mind that a lot of students have asked me was, well, actually more like a common and then a curiosity. So like, oh, wow, there's other things apart from monogamous relationship and completely open relationships. I said, Uh yeah. There are so many types of relationships. And in class, we have a whole unit on relational structures where we talk about different ways you can be in a relationship and their minds are blown because all they've heard is either completely open, polyamorous, or monogamous forever. Mm. That's interesting that they're asking about that, but I'm curious if they're actually embarking on it. You know, I have this book coming out called F the Fairy Tale, and it's Ooh. really about 
deconstructing those stories, those myths, mm -hmm. those beliefs that were passed down to us. And I think they still really have a hold on us. So while we may be curious about different relationship structures or different sexual exploration, I know you talk about that all the time on Love Bites, I really wonder how open people are to actually trying it. Mm -hmm. I actually did a little survey um, on, you know, sociosexuality tendency, which is basically someone's flexibility in terms of how they perceive sexual boundaries within relationships. And I think that there are definitely more people, like more and more people that are interested in just like dabbling into different things, but not necessarily have a completely open relationship. I think mm. that majority of the people still have that crave for, you know, a stable, loving partner, a life partner mm -hmm. um, that to build a romantic, you know, passionate life with. Uh, However, I do think that because Gen Z has observed a lot of divorces at this point and a lot of their parents in conflict and fighting and, you know, all the all the relational issues that I'm sure you've talked about extensively on your show. The result is that they are quite wary of where their own relationship journey would go due to all of these, um, quote unquote, you know, hard examples they have observed so mm. to answer your question whether or not they want to have like a fully open relationship i honestly don't think so i think mm. what they're curious about is monogamish so they still want one partner you know life partner but then from time to time explore in different ways yeah i think there is a bit of a fantasy around that too mm -hmm. and like the reality of it doesn't always look the way the fantasy does. And I, I see that a lot of people online are kind of looking at monogamish as an mm -hmm. option. And I hear from most of my listeners who are looking for monogamy, a frustration from them that mm -hmm. here it is. It seems the perception, and we can tell whatever story we want really from yeah what we experience and the data that we see. But the story that they're telling themselves is, well, everybody's out here trying to be non-monogamous and where are all the monogamous people? I Just to kind of broaden the conversation, I wanna know what trends you're seeing in online dating. And if you were to make a prediction for 2024, Ooh. what you think might be shifting? I've seen a lot of dating fatigue. I've seen a lot of choice fatigue where when there are a lot of choices and, you know, you feel kind of bombarded by the amount of apps there are, you might not want to engage on these apps as often if there are a ton of potential matches, but they're not actually matches. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of this dating fatigue, um, but there's still, you know, millions and millions of people on dating apps. What I think is coming up next year, um, especially with Gen Z, more and more Gen Z, like entering, you know, online dating world. Uh, I'm seeing more the desire to have a more specific match rather than like a big pool of people. I think the, in the past, especially, you know, I'm 35 now. So when I was in my 20s, when I'm on dating apps, 
dating apps back then was all about having a ton of potentials, right? So that you know there's lots of fish in the sea. Because I remember being on Tinder and I'm just going whoop, 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 whoop. And there's just so many. Uh, But I think next year, especially, yeah, especially with this, you know, generation being like more mindful, care more about mental health and taking care of themselves, like self-care, I think that they prefer more, more compatible, more specialized matches rather than amount. So quality over quantity, I would say. What about you? Mm. What do you think? I totally agree with you. And I have seen an increase in dating fatigue, just like you were saying. It's interesting because it was prior to the pandemic, that was all that I, it seemed like media wanted to talk to me about was this dating fatigue, dating fatigue, this epidemic of dating fatigue. So we're talking like 2019, 2020. And then there was a flip. And when the pandemic happened, everybody sort of rushed to the dating apps as our lifeline. Mm -hmm. And now people are, like you said, on multiple dating apps. They're having multiple options. And they're realizing that it is, like you said, quality over quantity. And having all of those open threads really does cost you something. It does take an emotional toll. It does take your time and energy. And, you know, I've always said on the show that just because you're swiping doesn't mean you're dating. That's not the same thing, right? But it can feel like I'm doing a lot of work because I I match with this many people and I'm in conversation with this many people. So it's like this empty communication mm-hmm. that still, it still takes our energy and in some ways I think blocks us from the real connection that we're all craving. Yeah, 100%. I've also seen, you know, in my students that are on dating apps, I've also seen how it reduces their self-esteem. Yeah. And that's, I think, an unintended effect that dating apps didn't think about was that, you know, when you're you're experiencing a lot of non-matches or people that match with them and never talk to them or people that talk to them and ghost them in a couple of, uh, after a couple of conversations, what happens is, you know, you immediately internalize these behaviors into, hmm, what does this say about me? And, you know, we're talking about a lot of young people who perhaps not yet have the skills and internal skills to say, oh, that's an issue, not an ish me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, They don't have the skills to think like, oh, it's not about me. Right. So we're talking about 22 year olds, you know, like when I was 22, when someone ghosts me, my first thought is, what did I do? Mm. Um, So when you think about online dating and and you know people who perhaps not yet have a stable sense sense of like self-concept and self-esteem i i think it reduces their self-esteem big time to get rejected and ghosted and just rejections in different ways yeah that is a very astute observation from a tenured (laughs) professor y'all because you're exactly right and i would add i work with a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it's not just a 20-something problem. Mm-hmm. We're all extrapolating meaning from all of these interactions that we're having mm-hmm. online. And I am really curious in 2024 if we can develop a new relationship 
mm. with that feedback that we're getting instead mm-hmm. of looking at it like, oh, this person has rejected me or what does this say about me? <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an issue. <laughs> Is an issue not an issue me? <laughs> it's not an issue me. That's an issue. <laughs> but I, I like to get curious about, well, what can I learn about mm-hmm. the way, the responses that I'm getting? What patterns can I identify that I can be strategic about? And to, I, I, I'm realizing in this conversation with you, I think one of the reasons that I have my clients do that is it, it sort of blocks you, it cushions you from the mm-hmm. alternative response of like, well, there must be something wrong with me because this mm-hmm. person, quote, rejected me. Like, that person didn't even know you. No. That person was <laughs> swiping right care? on everyone. <laughs> yeah. That person is a bot. Like, that person wasn't really invested. And when we give away that much of our power, what it does is it prevents us from being able to be available and to be present when mm-hmm. somebody is there that aligns with your goals. But as you said earlier, not everyone you're going to meet is going to align with you. And a lot of these people that are dating now have seen, have not had good relationship role models, have Mm -hmm. seen conflict in action. And I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that because you promote different conflict resolution strategies. You have an acronym, SALLY. Overall, when we think about um, conflict, uh, it whenever there's conflict, it doesn't mean that the relationship is in bad shape. I always tell people that is uh, they get upset, like, oh my god, just why can't we just have a peaceful relationship? Like, I hate conflict. They always say, no, 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 conflict is not a bad thing. You know what's bad? Indifference. Hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. And I say a similar thing to daters that it's really clarity that we're after. It's not approval. It's not, it's just getting that clarity on where someone stands and what they're thinking and feeling. And I think that applies to both dating and relationship situations. You're right. Like indifference is way, way worse than than conflict, assuming we're not talking about conflict that involves physical or you oh, know, right. emotional. Yeah. Things. That's we're definitely a different story. Asterisk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But just what, so what do you, what do you do with conflict in relationships? How do you help people look at it from a more constructive standpoint? Yes. So comes back to Sally, whenever you think of, oh my God, okay, we're we're fighting or we're arguing and there is a conflict. The simplest way to think about conflict resolution is to, Sally, um, slow down, <laughs> ask questions, listen empathically, list out the things you want to achieve, and then say yes to the things you're able to do. You know, always coming back to giving your spouse benefit of the doubt. And of course, not to say do this like 10 times over, right? Because there's boundaries. If your spouse keeps, you know, um, perhaps not respecting your time uh, mm-hmm. multiple times is not just uh, a mere like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's an accident. It's not an accident. If it's a pattern, they continue to disrespect your time, then that's a much bigger conversation. How do you think, Dr. Tara, how can you become a better listener to your partner? I agree with you. We want to look for these patterns, but 
I also feel like sometimes we, in situations like that, we don't really get resolution. We just move past it Mm -hmm. and we skip the learning. And you've, you mentioned empathetic listening a few times as a way to bridge that. How do we literally do that? Yes. Ooh. So my dissertation is on empathy for my PhD. It was on empathy and empathic communication. So empathetic listening. Instead of talking like textbook strategies, I'm going to give you this uh, approach instead. Look at your partner as a five-year-old. What kind of compassion would you give to a five-year-old? What types of benefit of the doubt would you give a five-year-old? And I think empathy comes from that is the ability to unarm yourself and then open your ears and hearts and minds to listen. But first you must unarm yourself. Mm, That's really good. And I do something similar actually with just negative self-talk. Yeah. Like I'll have my clients. Like inner child work. Yeah. I'll have them bring bring in a picture of yourself as a child. Now- Say that, what you just said, say that to them and it hits different. (laughs) Oh, it really hits different. You know, and I've done some of that work myself, but a lot of the, a lot of the negativity that we bring into, uh, conflict also comes from how we're talking to ourselves. Yeah. 100%. It's like impossible to access empathy for another person if you haven't accessed it for your own, your own experiences, right? Yeah, there is a, definitely a strong correlation between self-compassion and empathy for others. So if you can't practice self-compassion, if you're really hard on yourself, negative on yourself, don't think highly of yourself, then it's going to be hard to uh, understand other pe- other people. You might try to compromise because of your low self-esteem, but it's not a good long-term strategy because it will just build up and this buildup become resentment. And resentment, we all know, is one of the main reasons why people get a divorce is they're so resentful at the point where there's no going back and there's exploding and divorcing. Yeah. Yeah, we want to catch it before it gets to that yeah. point. There are a lot of reasons for conflict in relationships. A little birdie told me, you're the little birdie, that... Uh, <laughs> One of the most Googled questions is about jealousy mm-hmm. in relationships. Is jealousy healthy in a relationship? Jealousy is healthy. Jealousy is healthy in a relationship? Dr. Tara. Yeah. <laughs> what you talking about? Controversial. <laughs> Why? Um, you know, fun fact, my uh, PhD advisor is a well-known jealousy researcher. So just by studying with her, I had to read a lot of jealousy papers. I personally only did one study on jealousy, which I thought was really interesting, the findings. So go, going back to why jealousy is healthy. Uh, remember when we agreed that indifference is the worst thing ever in a relationship? I recall. When you're dating someone, even like dating someone new or going on a date, you want to know that they somewhat care. Yeah. And uh, I think jealousy has been characterized and represented in the media as a bad emotion, a bad experience. Uh, I don't think jealousy can has to be bad. I think jealousy can be quite constructive and passionate and actually adds to your sex life. One of the co- most common jealousy experiences is when the person feels threatened by a third party. 
So let's say um, you and your partner, maybe you have a very handsome coworker that you always go get drinks with after work. You know, three happy hour in a week, you go with this person, right? Now your partner may see this as a threat. You know, just by like simple human instinct. You know, yeah, what, with, I would without say even so. yeah, without even <laughs> thinking a lot about it, just like seeing it is like a threat, right? Like, oh wow, you get drinks with this person a lot. That feeling that he's feeling is jealousy. So, is that a negative thing or is that just a thing? I think it's just a thing. You know, sometimes we we as humans like to conceptualize things as bad and good. Sometimes mm-hmm. things are just things. You know, it just exists. It informs you of the relationship. So if you, if your partner feels that way, maybe you know they want to be a little bit more attentive when you come home. Maybe they want to, you know, uh, show some acts of service when you come home. And you know, maybe they want to talk about this. Like, oh, so what do you guys talk about? Um, why do you go to the happy hour with this guy three times a week? And you know, and then this allows you to have a dialogue that. You wouldn't normally have in a relationship where people don't care. Ah. So jealousy means yeah. you care. Now there's bad jealousy and good jealousy. Good jealousy is when you feel like there's a threat in your relationship, and you have a dialogue. You have a healthy, constructive dialogue about your jealousy experience, your emotions. Bad jealousy is when you feel jealous and then you blow up on your partner. And not have a constructive conversation. That's bad jealousy. That's the expression of it is bad. The emotion mm. itself, I don't think it's bad. However, there is a strong correlation between low self esteem. You know, I feel like almost everything is self esteem, but like there's a strong correlation between low self esteem and high jealousy. When you have low self esteem, you don't think too highly of yourself. You know, you don't think that you have a lot to offer. You don't think you have a lot of worth, which means that. There's so much more threat for your relationship. That's why you always feel jealous because everyone's a threat because you don't even think highly of yourself. When you have high self-esteem and you know you bring a lot of value to the world, to the relationship, to yourself, you know you're uh, worthy. Then you don't see other people as a threat as much. So then you don't experience jealousy as much. So yeah, it kind of all comes back to self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, it's some of it. I think is situational. Like three times a week of drinks. I'd be like, "What's going on?" <laughs> but I love how you frame it as that feelings are sort of a check engine light. Yeah, it's informative. Yeah, it's like, oh, I gotta go get that looked at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy. It may be a problem. It may be nothing. It may be like, oh, just put some more oil in there. Yeah. Change <laughs> the tire, put more oil, whatever yeah. it is. Like Your car doesn't need to blow up. Right. Or it might be like, oh, no, your car <laughs> is blowing up. But you I need to get know. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to get out. You won't know unless you go and look under the hood. If that check engine light comes on. I love that I just did an entire analogy about cars, which I know nothing about. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. I know enough That's to hot. know that That's if, hot. The, <laughs> if the check engine light comes on, I know that I got to do something. I don't know what's happening under there. But I know I got to find somebody who can look under the hood. 
Dr. Tara, I could talk to you forever. Let's <laughs> let's do this again. Let's talk yes. for two more hours <laughs> about two. all of the things. And but I know you have you have conversations like this and even deeper and you help people understand their sexuality and you do so much more on Love Bites on your podcast. You're on the TV as well. Celebs <laughs> go dating in the UK with your friend with my friend, Paul Carrick Brunson, matchmaker extraordinaire, television host, <laughs> celebrity. And now you are too. You were the sex expert on that, on yes. that show. Right. Um, can you, can you tell us like any insider goodies? <laughs> well, you know, people say that the passion and the potential relationship between Adam Collard, uh, Love Island star and, Lottie Moss model, Kate Moss is a little sister. People say that's fake, uh, but that's real. It's real. It's very, very real. That relationship and the tumultuous time we all went through together through that relationship is very real. So you heard it here first, y'all. Reality TV <laughs> is real. <laughs> no, I totally editorialized that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Tara. Y'all totally have to follow Dr. Tara on Instagram at lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot co. And you can check out her podcast, Love Bites by Dr. Tara, wherever you're listening to Dates and Mates right now. The links will be in the show notes. And in a moment, I'll be back to answer our listener question of the week. I've been with him for 11 years, but I don't know if we have a future. We're going deep in Dear Demona right after this. We are back. And I have to tell you why I love doing this segment. I love Dear Demona because this is so much deeper than Instagram, TikTok dating advice. This is where you really open up to me and share the challenges that you're dealing with and, and your feedback on the show and what you need to know. And I can really give you meaningful insight into your specific dating and relationship dilemmas. And I don't take it lightly that you all trust me with your hearts. That means a lot to me that you are willing to share things with me that you may not even feel comfortable sharing with your girlfriends, but you'll share it with all of my listeners. But you can do it anonymously. So here we go. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This email comes to us from a listener we will call Kay. She said, hello, Mrs. Hoffman, which I love. I love that I, I got my MRS degree. Hopefully all this praying I've been doing lately and trying and following through with being more positive in my relationship last year had God lead me to you. My name is Kay. My boyfriend of almost 11 years is named R. We've gone through so, so much from deep family issues, deceitfulness, going through phones, infidelity, homelessness while we were back and forth, breaking up, back together, etc. But we've always ended up retreating back to one another. Here I sit at 34 years old, exhausted, tired of arguing, and just wanting him to be honest about everything. I've been reassuring him that I love him no matter what. He's almost 39 now, and I just truly love him for who he is, and I wanted him to know that I'm a person he can confide in, and I'm not going to criticize him in the process. 
whether it's cheating, I don't care. I want him to know that he can be open with me and not get the same reaction like the past us. If he can't be monogamous because he feels like something hurts too bad, then that's even fine. It would suck and it would hurt, but I'm not angry with him anymore. I just want him to be his own man. And if he can't love only me, I'll have to walk away. Can you offer me any advice? We love each other dearly. I just hope I'm enough woman for the rest of his life. If not, cool. He just won't tell me. So Kay, this is obviously a very complex and layered situation because you have been together for a long time. You have a lot of history with this person. And we were talking earlier in the show about the emotions that come up, especially around this time of year. You have been through a lot of the major relationship challenges, it sounds like. Deep family issues, deceitfulness, infidelity, not trusting one another, even homelessness and not having that base need of safety and security taken care of. And I'll say this, one, you're still there together. So to me, that says there's still an investment to make it work. And I don't think any problem is insurmountable, even infidelity, if both partners are willing to work on it. And from what you've said here, it sounds like your partner may not be in a place where he feels safe and comfortable opening up. And that is not your work, right? That is, that is his work. That is up to him to come to the table ready to address the issues. And we can sweep them under the rug for another year. Like, who knows, For out of 11 years, how many years you've been holding your tongue and he has been holding his, and you stay just above the surface like a little swan, everything is okay, but underneath you're paddling, 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 fighting to keep this relationship alive. And I want you to know that love is not enough. Love is not enough to keep two people together. There has to be additionally the commitment to growth, to showing up for the other person, to being in integrity for the other person. And, you know, I often say that relationships are a mirror. They show us our greatest flaws and our greatest gifts, but they really can illuminate what we need to work on ourselves and help us grow into the best version of ourselves, whether with someone else or then for ourselves or for the next relationship. So you've really got to ask yourself if the question is, are you woman enough for him for the rest of your life? I don't even like using like woman enough or man enough. Like, is he the person that you want to invest the rest of your life in? And how long are you willing to spend in this dynamic? Because usually when you have a conflict, it's going to get to a point where either the pain of staying is too much or the pain of not doing anything is too much. And we all come to those points in, in, in a different timeline. But you've invested 11 years. And if you're writing to me and sharing this story with me, I would say that it feels like you are close to that decision point. And it's a tall order to do this on your own. There are certainly resources out there, counselors, therapy, coaches. There are people out here who can help you to have clear communication, but to also do it in a way that feels safe for both of you. 
but you're not going to get anywhere by brushing it under the rug or by letting him retreat. Because I assume that from what you wrote, that is his pattern. So I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to really ask yourself, what do you need out of this relationship to move forward? And also ask yourself, what would be impossible for you to build from? And that answer may be, I just can't have a relationship if he's going to shut down. Or it might be, you know, I thought I could get past infidelity, but I really can't trust him anymore. Or it might be, I need to be able to rebuild trust. But you need to figure out what is that baseline of how this relationship can move forward. And you need to approach him from a position of listening. And I often say, start with the personal share. Honey, I want to be honest with you. This is how I'm feeling. What do you think about that? Or where are you at? And that's like, the starting from a place of honesty, but then reaching out, reaching your hand out and saying, we're doing this together. And from that kind of not emotionally charged, but very clear communicative standpoint, I think you're going to get the answer that you need about what the next step will be for you. It all starts with honesty and you must have the four pillars. We talk a lot in dating about goals and values. But here in the relationship, it's really communication and trust. Those are the third and fourth pillars to be built. So I send you a lot of love and a lot of strength because what you are about to do is not easy, but we only get one chance here on this planet. Who you choose to spend your time with really matters. You've already invested 11 years. So make sure before you invest one day more, that this is what you want for your life. Took you deep there in episode 485 of Dates and Mates. I would love to hear your questions. The DMs are open at Demona Hoffman on TikTok, X, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also give me a call or shoot me a text at 424-246-6255. And I haven't mentioned this in a while, but we do also have a contact form on our website, which is how we get the email. So go to datesandmates.com and go up to contact and you can send in your message that way. We'll be back again next Tuesday with another fabulous episode of Dates and Mates. I sure hope in the meantime, I will see you at the F the Fairy Tale Forum. Get your free ticket at demonahoffman.com slash forum, F-O-R-U-M. Until next week, I wish you happy dating. <laughs>